everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the podcast. Today is the 1st of March. It's Friday, episode number 734. As promised, my friend Jessica Smart is on the broadcast with me today. I'm so excited to have her here. I think you guys are going to be really encouraged. If you've ever put your head on your pillow at night and wondered if you're missing something with your family, if you've ever felt regret about how you're spending time as a family and want to make the most of the time that you have, stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. you guys. So before Jessica comes on the show today, I want to say thank you to everybody who's been praying for us as we traveled out to and back from New York City for the day of mourning. I'm going to do a recap on that probably on Monday for Mailbox Monday, but just wanted you to know we your prayers were felt. We are really watching a move of God sweeping across this nation. Many of you watched as I did with a fair degree of frustration and even anger on Monday as the Senate refused to uh, protect the lives of babies. Babies were born alive during botched abortions. We are continuing to pray about that. But I know that several of you have been watching my inboxes. Uh, I don't want you to be discouraged because this battle belongs to the Lord. It belongs to the Lord, and we're called to be a part of it, do what God wants us to do, and uh, be a voice for the voiceless. So you can find out more about what we've been doing at dayofmorning.org. And we've got a couple of exciting announcements about where we're going from here coming up, so stick around for that. Also, I will be in Lakeland, Florida tomorrow at our Della Baptist Church for my women's conference. The theme this year is Miracle Worker. The Life-Changing Power of Following Jesus. Uh, That event is filling up fast. Doors open at 8.30. And uh, we would love to have you there. This is a great opportunity for you to bring your daughters, your women's ministry group. We're going to be talking about what it means to actually live the way that God wants us to live in a culture that has walked away from the Word of God in a church that's really struggling. So bring your Bible, uh, bring your friend, bring your mom, bring your daughter. Come on out. I'm promise you it's going to be a day that's going to change your life. And I'm so excited, looking forward really to what God is going to do. All right. My friend Jessica is on the show with me today. Jessica Smart is a former English teacher. So I'm going to really be watching my uh, my diction today. Turned homeschooling mom of three. And a week after her first baby was born, she began her motherhood blog called Smarter Each Day. Jessica and her husband live in sunny North Carolina, where she loves to hike with her kids uh, most of the time, you know, moment of silence. And uh, she loves to have a steaming coffee in the afternoon. And uh, I think she sounds to me like she's just loving her motherhood journey with the hiccups that it involves. So Jessica, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Heidi. It's an honor to be here. Um, You're someone that I really respect and look up to. I just, I love the work that you're doing. I'm so grateful that God has called you and that you're sticking it out even when it's hard. (laughs) You're very welcome. Well, I'm excited that you're here today. You've got a new book out, which I'm really excited about. And I want to let moms in on what God's been doing in your life, because I think it's so important. I think moms are really easy to guilt, right? We we feel a lot of guilt, I think, at the end of the day. Maybe I didn't make the most of my time. You know, Christmas comes and goes, and we, we do our big thing. But then, right, Christmas is one day out of 365, and we've got 364 other days to parent our children and make memories with them. And one of the things I loved about uh, this book really was the introduction, just really hitting the heart of those moms who always feel like they're not enough. So I'm my first question for you, and I've got a lot of questions, but my first one is, what drove you? What was the passion behind writing Memory Making Mom? 
Well, it was a lot of factors at once. And I will tell you this just funny side story. Um, you, you and I, Heidi, share the same agent. And as we um, discussed a book topic, uh, the, the first kind of idea that I pitched, probably first 12 variations of an idea, he basically came back and was like, yes, that's a wonderful idea. It's already been written by Heidi St. John. <laughs> <laughs> this mom strong thing um you know i just i love that and so he's like okay let's try that again so i knew i wanted to talk to moms i knew i wanted to say you know here's something to be involved in that's worth your time we talked a lot about trying to do a positive spin to encourage moms which is not my natural bent like i normally am more of a critic like hey here's all things you need to do but he's like you know i want to try like let's brainstorm what's the most positive take we can get and um, you know, something that's motivating and encouraging. Well, at the same time, kind of parallel story, um, I end up in the ICU with my young son who had a life-threatening allergic reaction. And it was the scariest day of my life. And, you know, I know you've been through all sorts of medical issues with family members and those sorts of things can totally bring you to your knees and just wake you up. And so I'm sitting in this hospital room like, I'm feeling a lot of regret, you know, I mean, certainly there's all the elements of this is super hard and I'm so worried about him and how did this happen and yada, yada. But underlying it all was this fear of like, if this was it and this is the parenting thing, I feel a lot of guilt about how I've handled it. And um, it wasn't like right at that moment I was like, oh, we need to make memories and we need traditions, you know, like it took a couple of weeks of filtering it through, but I did eventually just sort of land on that idea that, um, you know, we needed traditions in our home. Um, my sister's super good at that. She's like the Pinterest mom that every day they're doing some celebration with art crafts and makes you feel really overwhelmed <laughs> as a mom. And I just always assumed that I wasn't that kind of mom, but it dawned on me somewhere in the process, like, why not? Why can't we be a memory making family? And so I feel like I have this unique role of being able to encourage moms and say, like, I get it. It is hard. Glitter's super annoying. It's hard to make a family dinner when toddlers are clawing at your pants like, but it's so worth it. These things are investing in our families in a time and culture when we definitely need those roots that the family provides. Um, and it's reaping rewards years and years and years in our children's lives. So that's the long version of how we ended up with memory making mom. <laughs> All right. So you mentioned glitter, which I love that you mentioned that because every mom hates glitter. But here's the good news. We don't have to use glitter to make awesome memories with our kids. One of the things that uh, that really hit me and I've been mothering for a long time now. Now I'm watching my daughter, you know, parenting her her little guys. Uh, one of the things that I love is that we can make memories with our with our people every day. And at the end of the day, you know, we hear about these moms who throw these huge birthday parties for their kids. But, you know, what's sad to me is we put all this energy and effort into one day and then the rest of the year, um, you know, we kind of put ourselves on autopilot. And one of the things I loved about your heart and memory making mom is you're what you're doing. And tell me if you think I'm wrong. But what I hear from you is don't don't put yourself on autopilot. Um, instead of always feeling like we have to have all these special things, you, we're making ordinary everyday events that we do consistently, um, memories for our children. Those are the things that they're going to take with them. What is your, when you, when you talk to the mom who's saying, listen, I'm, I'm frustrated, I'm tired, I can barely keep up with my kids as it is. I, the idea of doing an organized, you know, memory making extravaganza overwhelms me. I know you're speaking to her heart in this book. What do you say to her? 
Yeah, exactly. And I love how you said that because I think you touched on a lot of things. Number one being it's a lot of small moments that we don't um, think of as all that big of a deal that kids end up remembering. When I was a little girl, my dad would get when he was putting us to bed, he would get at the end of the bed and um, put uh, uh, our little stuffed animals there and have like a burping show. And they would like do this whole routine. (laughs) And it's one of the things that I remember, like how he never sat down and was like, well, I need to make this a thing, you know, but we remembered it. And um, so, yeah, I think absolutely. It's a lot of little things that moms are already doing, scratching backs before you put them into bed, giving a hug when you see them in the morning, making a meal and saying the little prayer. Like I would think I would come alongside them and say, you are probably already doing a lot of this stuff. And it's a matter of keeping it up and realizing that it's important. And I've told families, just talk to your kids and say, you know, what do you love about our family? What do you love that we do together? What are some of your favorite, you know, hobbies as a family? A lot of the times it's just those being faithful to those little rituals that we have of saying the prayers in the morning and, um, you know, gathering together for a meal if we can. And by the way, in our family, we don't have family dinner every night of the week. We can't because my husband works super late. And so I felt all this guilt for that years and years and years. And then finally, I was like, you know what, maybe we can pull off one night a week. And so we do like a one night special family. dinner. And so that was just our way of like real life. How can we make this happen? And I guess it just doesn't have to be all or nothing, which sometimes we moms feel like, well, I'm either really good at that or I'm just not good at that, you know? Right, right. And really what you're trying to do and what I love about this is that you're coming alongside kind of like almost a, a coach for moms and just saying, listen, uh, get back on the field. <laughs> like, don't get, don't, don't let this thing trip you up. Uh, get out there and be encouraged. One of the things that our kids, cause we've done the same thing, you know, over many years of parenting is we've asked our kids, what do you really love about our family or, or sometimes conversely? Uh, I sort of like you. I'm a little bit of a critic. So I'll tend to be like, what don't you like? Like what's not working so that I, I'm, you know, I'm sure to sort of be aware of those things. But the most amazing thing uh, happened when our oldest, when our 27 year old graduated from high school, graduated from our homeschool, you know, uh, she gave me a picture for graduation. And it was a picture of just her and I just sitting down and reading as our family reading together. And she said, you know, mom, the most important thing, the thing I will take with me for the rest of my life is that uh, every day we sat down together and we read we read out loud together. We read missionary stories. We read the Bible. It was a really important uh, part of our family culture, our family life. I didn't realize that all those years that I was doing this thing that I thought was so sort of mundane and sort of boring was actually um, setting a trajectory for Savannah that she is now continuing with her own children. And so I love that you said that though some of those traditions are big deals, you know, like the major massive Christmas thing, but then they don't all have to be that way. I love about the little tuck in bed and, uh, and those kinds of things. Have you, what are some of the, your favorites? Uh, tell me the small ones, maybe not so much the big ones, but the small ones that you've noticed over time have really made a difference with your family. So one of them is not one that I made up and I've realized sometimes kids come up with their own stuff and that's like a good thing. We don't have to feel like we have to be at the range the whole time. But my family, if they, if I make a meal that they all really like, they, I get a slow clap. I think my husband probably started this, but it's like this hilarious, like, you know, and they'll do it. And even if we have guests over, the pe- guests are always like, uh, what's happening? <laughs> but if they only do it if it's like a really good meal. So I get a slow clap and that's just, you know, it takes 15 seconds, but it's like this really special thing for our family that defines us. Um, so that's a little one. Let's see. Um, you know, I learned this from my mom. 
and this is a tradition in a sense. You don't think of it being, you know, we think of like the big things, but when my mom made a mistake, she would say, I'm so sorry, moms, sometimes mommies um, mess up too. And I have taken that phrase. And if I, you know, oh my goodness, so many times I need to ask forgiveness for my kids and I'll crawl up into their bed at night and say, I'm so sorry, mommies make mistakes too. Will you forgive me? So that's like a phrase that we repeat. That's just part of the daily fabric of our life. Um, so yeah, like just little things in the way that we talk and interact. And um, I say the Lord's Prayer every night with my daughter. That takes all of, you know, 17 seconds. But it's like, I can do that. I can wrap my head around that no matter how tired, how crazy. We will say the Lord's Prayer before we go to bed. And so just little things like that. I think there's so many things that we can implement that aren't a ton of work. Um, but reap huge rewards. Like I love that story about your daughter. That's amazing. Yeah. And I think the most amazing thing is we, you don't realize that you're doing it. You know, I, a long time ago, you know, I had a friend who every time one of her kids had a birthday, they made a really, they made a point of taking all their kids out on a, a date night, at least twice a year. They had these special date nights where they would dress up. And I mean, I had seven children and my husband worked these wonky hours and I didn't have someone to watch the other kids. And I I just remember feeling so guilty because I'm not doing this extravagant date night with my kids. And now that several of my kids are grown and out of the house, I have the gift of perspective and I can look back and realize it's not always the big things. It's the little things that really end up being the big things because you do them consistently over time. And that's one of the things I love about memory making mom. One of the things that, so you've written a blog post for, uh, for my, for my readers, and it's going to come out in a couple of days, but I want to pick a couple of these off of here and talk about it really quickly. Um, one of the things that you were, that the traditions that you have implemented in your family is that you said you have a shared family hobby that you do regularly. What is your shared family hobby? Cause, uh, inquiring minds want to know. So, um, well, we, we do like to go on hikes and I said mostly in the bio introduction that you laughed at, which I so appreciate because there are just those moments in the hike where you look at each other and think, why did we do this? <laughs> but, um, in general we finish and we're like, that was good. I'm glad we did that. Um, so we like family hikes and, uh, our new thing we have been dreaming, brainstorming, saving, scrimping, planning. And just this week we purchased a, um, an RV, a camper. So it's, it's like a basic one. Um, oh girl. Yes. <laughs> I could do 16 weeks straight of RVing. Uh, if you ever need tips, uh, you've got my number. Oh really? <laughs> did you, did you guys do that? I don't think I knew that. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, for the first, no, I've been speaking for about, I don't know, 12, 13 years, somewhere in there. And for the first seven years, uh, or right in there somewhere, we took our kids out in an RV all the way. I mean, we would do 35,000 miles in a year. Oh, okay. So from Oregon to, yeah, from Oregon to Florida, we always tell people it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Yes. <laughs> and uh, there's amazing, like amazing. I actually told Bill one time, I want to write a book, like everything that I ever learned about life, I learned in an RV. That's like, awesome. Just, uh, yeah. <laughs> I will buy that book. <laughs> <laughs> but it's great. It's great for your kids. Yeah. Well, yeah. My husband and I have a running joke when we're riding in the car and their kids just, you know, off chance, they might be kind of getting on our nerves. We'll look at each other and be like, you know what we need to do? We should drive 30 hours in this truck. Like, <laughs> that would be yeah, awesome. Right. <laughs> 
but no, I mean, in all seriousness, yep. we are pumped. We're, we're excited. I know it's going to be hard, but that's going to be our new shared family adventure that we're every, all the kids are super pumped. <laughs> and you guys planning on going camping? Is that the idea? Yeah, we'd like to go. So I'm in North Carolina. We would like to go across to the Grand Canyon. That's our long-term goal, but we're going to get a couple of short trips under our belt first. So right on. That is so exciting. You know, the other person who's got tons of great RV tips is uh, Todd Wilson. Oh, so he's another one. Look it up. Those guys practically lived in RV around the same time we did. And we're not doing it as much anymore because I've got kids that are married now and they it's just it's a lot harder than it was when all of our kids are little. So I'm excited for you. All right. So this is your new hobby. RVing. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Some of the simpler things that you say that you you say every summer you celebrate a smart family day where you make the whole day about us and our family. How do you do that? How do you make the whole day about your family? I totally copied this from my friend who has kids about my my kids age but um you start out basically you pick the meals that are going to be special to you you block the day off and say we're not going to hang with friends mom's not going to work dad's not going to work this is going to be a day just for us so you block it off and plan it and then you pick something super fun that all of you kind of have maybe never done or excited about so we've done we've rented a boat before we've gone um rafting the first time we actually rented a camper we'd never done that before Um, so, you know, we pick like kind of a big event to do in the morning and then maybe throw something else fun, like a movie in the afternoon that we've never seen. Um, just pick special meals and like a special dessert kind of thing. We do a little award ceremony at the end of the day, which is just kind of funny, um, given our kids like, you know, best at learning to play Mary had a little lamb on the piano or, you know, good friend award kind of thing. Like just, just honoring stuff that we like about them. It takes two seconds to print in a certificate off the computer and fill it in, you know, but again, one of those big rewards. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what we do. And it's just become a little, it, it really is not a ton of work, honestly. Like it's just a matter of setting it apart and saying, this is going to be our day and we're not doing anything else and we're going to be together And then, you know, you've got after a decade, you've got 10 of those. And that's a legacy that you're passing on of saying our family matters and, you know, we're important to each other. Yeah, that's really awesome. And really, um, it doesn't have to be expensive. That's the other thing I like about it. I mean, it's it's it's. Um, noticing what your family loves. It's highlighting those things. And really, it's a matter of priorities. And I'm always talking about that here at the show, because I think I hear I hear women always say, oh, I don't have enough time for this. I don't have enough. We are living in a crazy busy time uh, in the culture, I think, in in which we're trying to raise families. And one of the things I love about what you're encouraging these moms is you're just saying, hey, how about we make the most of the time instead of making excuses for how much we don't have the time? Because it's not a matter of not having time. It's a matter of priorities. And what you're saying is, hey, look at your calendar, plan it, you know, six months from now and say, you know what, this Saturday, we can take the day off. We're going to take the day off. And then protect it, right? To protect that time. And it doesn't take as much as we think it does, which you just alluded to. Like, just here's a practical example. An hour ago, I heard my son bouncing the basketball outside. And (laughs) after you write a book called Memory Making Mom, it can be really guilt-inducing because you're like, oh, that stupid book. I got to go make memories. (laughs) But um, Right, right, right. (laughs) Or I'm a hypocrite. (laughs) But, you know, I didn't really have anything I needed to do. I had a little bit of time before we recorded this podcast. And so I thought, I'm going to go out and play a game of course. It honestly took 12 minutes. And he loved it. His face lit up. Like, you know, that was 12 minutes of my day. And so, um, and another, here's another example. A couple of days ago, my kids were being real rammy. It was the end of the day. I had a bunch of stuff I needed to do. 
And I thought, I think they need a little bit of like one-on-one time, but I don't have a lot of time because I have something I need to do in an hour. So there's three of them. So I'm like, okay, for 20 minutes, I'm going to just do whatever you want to do. And they loved it so much. It was amazing. One of them wanted to play this little board game that she loves. The other just wanted to like talk for 20 minutes straight about which sport he should play. And then the other one was like, can we just, can you just scratch my back and we cannot talk? I was like, yes, we will do that. (laughs) So again, it's an hour, you know, and then they're like satisfied. Their tanks are full. So it's just having eyes to see those things. I love that. And you're right about that because really, I think, I think we have, we overthink it. We overthink it in the, in the age of Pinterest. We overthink everything and it has to look like this Pinterest perfect thing. But really, maybe you just have a kid who said, Hey, how about you spend 15 minutes? Just scratch my back and just fill my tank up. That sounds like the child whose love language is going to be probably almost <laughs> always physical touch. You know, I know. Yeah. I, know. Yeah, I have a, I have a daughter like that and she just wants, she's like, you know, 13 now and she still just wants to sit in my lap oh. and uh, have me scratch her back and scratch her head and tell her I love her. And I think as moms, that's what God asks us to do is right to stay, uh, to stay in there with the heart of our child. And part of the way that we do that is by just saying, Lord, show me the, to help, help me make the most of the little moments that we have every day. I love that you're doing that. I think that investing a little bit of time, this is sort of the premise of the book is if you just invest a little bit of time with your husband and say, what are the values we want to pass on? We know it's going to be some big things like faith and learning and excellence or, you know, something like that. But it might be little things like sports or we love music or we want to hike up. You know, we love the outdoors. But just spending a couple minutes to say, what are our priorities? And is there one or two traditions that we can implement that will, you know, fulfill these these um, values that we have? Talk to the mom who feels overwhelmed and she's going, what is a simple way that I can incorporate a tradition into my home? What do you say to that mom? Well, first of all, I'd say there's always something you can do and it's never too late. It's never too late to be a memory making mom. That's what's on the back of my book. So step one is just be encouraged. You're not behind. You can start today right where you are. And then I'd look at, I'd pray. I'd take 30 seconds and say, Lord, show me um, an area that I need to invest more in. And I do believe that the Lord will reveal those to you. I have 12 of them in my book if you need suggestions. And then I pick one tradition, you know, that you'd like to implement. That's what I would do and start with one. Start simple. I love it. I love it. Jessica, thank you so much for coming on the show with me today. It has been a joy. I cannot wait to see what God does with your book, Memory Making Mom. Where can people find you if they want to find out more about what you're doing? I'm on Instagram at jessica.smart. Smart has two T's. And then my book is memorymakingmom.com. All right. Awesome. So thanks for having me, Heidi. You're very welcome. We'll do it again sometime. For those of you who want more information about Jessica Smart and Memory Making Mom, I will link back to all things Jessica Smart at the show notes today. You can find that at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash podcast. Be sure to leave a review for the podcast over at iTunes. We love it when you guys leave reviews. It's encouraging to us. And uh, let your friends know about this podcast. And you can also encourage your friends to become a Memory Making Mom. Have a great Friday, everybody, and I'll see you back here on Monday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.